Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hi, everyone. You are tuned in to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and in the next hour, you're going to know a little bit more about communicating in relationships than you do now. So stay with me here. My web address is talkwithfrancesca.com, and if you miss part of this show, you can always mosey on over to my iTunes page and listen there, as well as hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. This show is sponsored by Antico Forno in the North End, when you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and a super fun setting. Antico Forno is your go-to spot. I know, because it also happens to be my favorite. And the weather is warming up, so... Take that drive into Boston and and enjoy yourself. All right, we're going to dive right in. Why do so many women feel that men don't tell them anything, that they only want to fix everything? Why do so many men feel that women nag them and never get to the point? My guest tonight is sociolinguist and bestselling author of That's Not What I Meant, and You Just Don't Understand, Deborah Tannen. She's a professor of linguistics at Georgetown University who offers some revolutionary answers to these and other questions that confuse women's and men's attempts to communicate with each other. She has some pretty stunning evidence from her own studies where she shows that men and women live in totally different worlds, even under the same roof. From a very early age, girls play with a best friend or a small group and use language to seek confirmation and reinforce intimacy, while boys use language to negotiate status in large group activities. So as a result, men and women have completely different impressions of the same conversation. So you're going to want to stay with us here to hopefully find a peace treaty in the battle of the sexes. Welcome back, Deborah. So nice to have you on Talk with Francesca again. Hi, thanks for having me on again. All right, so let's first start with telling our listeners a little bit about you, how you became so attuned to language and relationships. I did not start out as an expert on gender, uh, but the more general question of conversational style. Um, I had uh, grown up in New York City, actually in Brooklyn, uh, East European Jewish background. I was getting a PhD in linguistics at uh, the University of California, Berkeley, And I was recording conversations, really thinking I'm going to figure out everything about how conversation works. I ended up studying a conversation, long one, uh, between me and some friends of mine and um, friends of his, uh, and realized that the New Yorkers and the Californians had a very different way of speaking. (laughs) I could not really analyze everybody's conversational style, by which I mean... Uh the way we say what we mean, Uh, and uh, I'd like to talk more soon about conversational style, but Uh I'll give you just a quick example of the kind of thing that really got me excited about people's conversational styles and ways of speaking. Um, Many people uh, find that people from New York seem to maybe uh, interrupt, or it's hard to get a word in. Well, that's what was happening at this conversation. Um, Those of us from New York had a great time, and the people from California in the conversation had a hard time getting the floor. And I was able to trace it to the very tiny 
uh, difference in how long a pause we thought was normal between turns. Uh, so anytime two people talk and mm-hmm. one person is expecting a slightly shorter pause than the other, mm-hmm. that shorter pause comes first. Right. And so they think the other one has nothing to say or um, doesn't like them maybe. <laughs> and so you fill the pause mm-hmm. while the other person is waiting for that pause. Uh, and this was kind of classic about conversational style in that they misunderstood each other's intentions, this tiny little difference in a way of speaking. Uh, nobody walks away from a conversation saying, gee, you know, that didn't go too well. I, I think you may expect a millisecond shorter pause than I do. You walk away saying something about the person. Uh, on the one hand, you're not giving me a chance to talk, and on the other, Mm-hmm. Uh, why aren't you doing your part in this conversation? Why do I have to do all the work here? It's uh, very, so that is really yeah. the bottom line and the basic mm-hmm. metaphor that um, I ended up really applying to conversations between women and men as well as people of other backgrounds. Well, this is really interesting. Well, first of all, I, w- my conversation on the radio is, is also very different than it is when I'm just talking normally during the day because I'm really... Well, because I'm really hanging on <laughs> my guest words, um, but I'm also wanting to, you know, interject at a certain time, but not necessarily, but give you enough time to say what you want to say without interrupting. But still, I have to catch myself a lot, and I think that comes from my background because I grew up in a family with eight children, and no one could ever get a word in edgewise. So, I mean, we were all over, <laughs> over speaking with you know one another so um you know that is that does tend to be my conversational style but that pull pause thing is really very interesting we could do an entire show about that because i think that you know years and years ago also um my best friend at the time i'd ask her a question and there would be like dead silence and and you know i would say what well, what do you think she's like, i'm thinking about it I'm thinking about, you know, (laughs) and I just kind of got used to that style, but I found it kind of interesting. So, I mean, is there sort of a, a, is there, I guess what I'm asking is, how do you know how much time (laughs) to give someone to finish their thoughts so that you don't come across as rude, but then there's sort of an overlapping when you're having an interesting and fun conversation where there's that bantering going on back and forth. So how do you know? Yeah, I love that question, and um, I want to comment, too. Probably my answer to your first question was rather longer than you expected, (laughs) and maybe you were thinking, I wish I could get her to stop, but I can't. (laughs) No, not really, Um, not really. But anyway, I found it interesting. I'm glad to hear that. But, (laughs) um, yeah, that's such a great question. How do you know? And I often comment, it's never a matter of absolute I like long pauses, you like short pauses. It's always relative. Right. Um, so just a, a quick dramatic example of that. Um, I had a friend who was from the Midwest, and I found I had to count to seven before I thought he had nothing to say, because often that's how long he had to wait in order to you know, realize I was done and take the four. He was married to a woman of Chinese background from Hawaii. Mm -hmm. She always accused him of interrupting. She said, you ask me a question, and then before I can answer, you ask me another one. They did research in an Athabascan village in Alaska uh, where Athabascan natives had even longer pauses. There, she was the one 
who was the interrupter. So I think it's really important to realize this is all relative. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think maybe this is true for all the differences in conversational style that we'll talk about. If you're not getting um, a response that you're comfortable with, you just try doing something different. Mm -hmm. So if you're the one uh, doing all the talking, you might just stop and count. You know, in my case, it was seven, but maybe to some other number. And see how long it takes for the other person to speak. And um, often you'll be surprised that they have a lot to say. How about you're the one who's waiting for a longer pause and you don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, You could push yourself to begin speaking before it seems natural and might be amazed that the other one is quite happy to stop and listen to what you have to (laughs) say. Because maybe they're just sort of rambling on. Um, All right, we're going to dive right in and talk about um, men and women in relationships. There seems to be this inexplainable paradox where women in power is a problem, yet women run households. Growing up, my father would say, it's up to your mother. Why doesn't that translate to the outside world? You know, that's so interesting. Yeah, I had a grad student who did a study of a woman at home and at work. And at home, she was very authoritative with her daughter. And at work, she was a manager. But she would talk to her subordinates in a way that seemed self-effacing. And this is something I found in my research in the workplace in a book I wrote called uh, Talking from Nine to Five. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it traces to the way boys and girls learn to use language growing up. And this is not my own research, but many others have done this research on kids. Um, And uh, what they found is that kind of a bit of what what you mentioned in the beginning, women, girls, tend to spend a lot of time sitting and talking. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes them friends. I often say for girls and women, talk is the glue that holds a relationship together, uh, and the boys are often focused more on the activities. Your best friend is the one you do everything with. Girls place a, um, a lot of emphasis and value that we're all supposed to be the same. Now, it isn't that they don't know certain girls are more popular and, and have higher status, but you don't make that very obvious. And so a girl who tells other girls what to do She's bossy, and they don't want to play with her. Right. It seems among boys the typical thing is the boy who tells the other boys what to do and gets it to stick, he's the leader. Right. And it's not something to be avoided. It's something to be sought. That kind of explains the way women and men often uh, work in the workplace. Uh, in, In my research, I asked both women and men managers what makes a good manager and um, my most common her, uh, explanation from women was, I treat those who work for me as equals. Now, if you think about that, I treat them as equals shows you know they're not equals. But you're, making, you're presenting yourself as a good person because you don't lord it over them. Mm-hmm. For the men, my most, most common explanation I was told was, I hire good people and get out of their way. All right. You know, I have to cut you off (laughs) because we need to take a break. But underneath the conversations we think we're having, there are other conversations unfolding beneath the surface. So many are not aware of these hidden conversations. So, um, Kevin, are we going to hit this clip right now? We're going to hit this clip and then we'll... Oh, after the break. Okay. Um, So we're going to hear from our sponsors. And then there's a very interesting clip that I pulled off the Internet. So listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is life, don't- 
This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. What's it like to be in a movie or on TV? How does it feel to have your unique talent and skills shared with the world and immortalized? CP Casting knows that feeling. They hear about it all the time from the talented people they call upon. CP Casting works with individuals like you, actors who want to step up their profile, actors looking to continue growing their resume, and even non-actors who have a unique skill or even a profession that they can share. They match you up with television professionals, movie producers, photographers, advertising agencies, even local and independent projects. When you get booked, that's when the fun begins. Since CP Casting knows the business so well, they even offer classes at different skill levels, including basics of acting, auditioning for different types of media, and advanced classes. It's up to you to decide where you go in this industry. CP Casting can help you get there. Learn about CP Casting's resume submission process and what classes they have available for you at cpcasting.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or the sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit TidesNahan.com. You need help around the house. You need a handyman. How do you find just the one you're looking for? Go to locally owned and operated handymanconnection.com. Handyman Connection puts you in touch with one of their carefully screened and background checked craftsmen. You get the best help around for maintenance, installation and remodeling services, carpentry, tiling and flooring, and assistance with aging in place upgrades to your home. Handyman Connection also provides you with free in-home estimates and a one-year written warranty on labor from one of their experienced professionals. Call 781-829-3030 or visit handymanconnection.com. Your connection to quality craftsmen on the South Shore. One call, one connection. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. 
and all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just- Don't! <laughs> well, Deborah, what do you think? <laughs> if that, uh, that doesn't that sum it up, right? <laughs> she wants uh, to- that was a- that was a video that went viral. Oh my gosh! And I just I, love every I once in a while. I, I remember that video. It's just absolutely hysterical. I mean, it's just so unfortunate that the, the listeners can't can't um, actually see the visual, but um, you could just uh, Google. I can uh, describe it. Yeah, yeah, it's not about the nail, and the the woman has a nail coming out of her head, and and uh, but I mean, there is a lot of truth to that. It's like there's a problem. <laughs> the man wants to fix it, and she just wants to talk about how she feels and I mean I think there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of truth to that um, you know I think that's why it's it's you know I, I think that when when we first um, you know meet someone and there's all this chemistry and we get along great and he's much more attentive because he's really into her and um, you know she doesn't really get too upset if, if she do, he doesn't notice something because there's that sort of stage where all the endorphins are going crazy. But then, slowly but surely, all of a sudden, he isn't necessarily the best friend that she thought he was going to be, <laughs> right? And, yeah, I mean, yeah. part of the, the problem <laughs> is that, that it is a difference in communication styles rather than something being wrong, you know? But all of a sudden, what happened to that best friend that I could tell everything to that would listen so attentively? And all of a sudden, you know, he's in the garage with his, you know, <laughs> you know, his wood or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think a, a, that there is a lot of that. What, what are your thoughts on that? A lot of people send me that clip when it went viral because they realized how similar it was to what I wrote about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just didn't understand. Um, the biggest complaint that women tend to make about relationships with men uh, and it could be spouses, but it could be friends and, and um, mm-hmm. brothers, too, uh, is uh, he doesn't listen to me. Right. And often the uh, what they're talking about is this end-of-day conversation. Uh, she says what she did, what she thought, who she met, what that made her feel, and then how was your day? And he'll say, same old rat race. <laughs> really? Didn't anything happen? Nope. Then they go out to dinner with a bunch of other people, and suddenly he is regaling. Oh, <laughs> regaling I know where this is going, yeah. Funny that happened. Uh, and yeah. she thinks, you know, what am I, chop liver? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If uh, they do talk at home, and, and they did, what I would say about that one is explains what you said about why it changes from when you first meet each other until it's a longer-term relationship. Um, for, for many men... As I said about kids, just doing things together makes you close. Uh, For girls and women, often it is talking, telling secrets. Uh, That's what makes you close. In the beginning of a relationship, he is talking because he needs to make an impression. Right. The same reason that he was talking to the friends when you went out to dinner. You need to make an impression. Talking is something that you do to... um, Maintain your status in the mm-hmm. in the organization, or, or just just a kind of performance. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary when you're really close. Just being together is fine. 
uh, and and yeah, the way I put it is, women often expect a, a male partner to be a new and improved version of the best friend. Right. We'll tell each other everything. Yeah. But what is everything to tell? And for many women, this goes back to kids again. It's troubles talk. You talk about a problem. The other person will say, uh, oh, yeah, the same thing happened to me. Or they may have a similar problem they'll tell you about. You feel connected. You feel understood. It's not a way uh, that boys and men tend to talk with their friends. So they're wondering, why is she telling me this? She must want a solution. Uh, and that was <laughs> That's a good logical way of thinking. Yeah. Right. That's but right. I do need to say that um, you mentioned the book, uh, You're the Only One I Can Tell About Women's Friendships. Yeah. And I really changed that a little bit you know, when I wrote that book because I realized it actually isn't true that the women don't want a solution. I think it's more that we don't want the solution right off the bat. So you talk about a problem and the guy immediately tells you how to fix it, you're frustrated because you wanted to have a conversation, you wanted to talk about it to feel close. A woman might say, oh, and then what happened? And then what did you say? And then what did he say? So uh, what do you think you might do? And you might end up with a solution, but you don't get it right away. And a part of that is that you need to know more about the situation to know the solution. But well, the other part is yeah. you want to talk about it. It's the talking about it that makes you feel close and understood and cared about. And not only that, I also find that for me anyway, like when I talk to my best friend, I don't necessarily want a solution. I want her to listen to me and I want to be able to talk it out with someone. So, um, you know, this, yeah, it's so not this, necessarily yeah, at all that I'm going to take on her advice. And sometimes I don't. And she doesn't take my advice either. But I think it's a given that both of us want to be able to uh, share what's going on and as a way to, to sort through, parse out a, such a difficult situation or, or not even a difficult situation, just a situation. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, it, and again, it's the conversation. It's the talking about it that's important. And, yeah, some of it is going to be you yourself feel understand it better when you've talked it through. Um, but it's just the kind of conversation that men are less likely to have. And so they look for another reason that you might be bringing up these conversations. And uh, you want a solution is, is an obvious <laughs> choice. I want to say something funny here. Uh, many of the times when I've talked about this, people have said, okay, the solution is that I... Okay, the solution is that I uh, tell the guy, don't give me a solution, just listen. Mm -hmm. But that can be frustrating if he doesn't know why you want to tell it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I often quote my husband who once said, it's really frustrating to hear you go on when I know the solution. So how about I tell you the solution, and then you can keep talking as long as you like. You know, <laughs> and I, I think that's just, I, as good a, that's just as good a compromise. Right, right. You know, I think expectations are a really big thing. You know, it's very interesting. Um, this was so many years ago. But a friend fixed me up with this guy. And a you know, really nice guy. I mean, he was a really, really nice guy. Um, but after I went out with him for like a month, I just felt that there wasn't enough of a connection and um, that we didn't have enough in common. And that was kind of it. And I decided that I didn't, didn't want to date him. 
and broke his heart. And I remember my girlfriend saying to me, what, what, what do you, what's the problem here? And I said, I don't, I just don't, I just don't feel that connected. I don't feel that, you know, he's, that there's enough compatibility, that we have enough in common, the way we think about things, you know, whatever. And she said an interesting thing to me. She said, he is so in love with you and he loves your dog. What more do you want? And I said, well, I want more intimate conversation. And she said, that's for your girlfriends. Well, you know, I just never forgot it. And I, I thought it was very interesting. And she's still with the same guy who has nothing in between his ears. Um, <laughs> I hope she's not listening. But seriously, um, you know, she is was very clear in sort of an almost what I consider a Particularly, I guess I better be careful what I say here, but almost like an old-fashioned way of thinking. Like, you know, we go out on a Saturday night date, we have dinner, we have cocktails, we have sex, we, you know, whatever. And, uh, but but the intimate conversation, and, you know, is for my girlfriends, and, and that's the way it is. And he's a supporter, and, but, you know, I don't know, to me, it just... In some ways, I looked at her and thought, well, that's really great. You know, gee, I wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if I could think that way? But that, to me, seemed so superficial, like, so, or, or so maybe even needy. Like, why do I need that? I mean, if it's, if I can't get what I want, why would I want something less than? But anyway, so it's, the whole expectations thing, I think, is really interesting. And again, we could spend a whole night talking about that, but... Um, I think it's a real problem in relationships of of what people want, and yeah, um, I, I think that it is unusual uh, across cultures of the world and historically to expect the person that you're with to be a kind of soulmate uh, uh, that yeah. you talk about things, you understand each other. Right. Uh, in many cultures, women's social life is really other women, right? Well, and right. The, you know, the guys have another responsibility. It's about supporting the family, for example. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, we do, and I do think it tends to be women who are valuing the talk, right? The talk is the glue that keeps the relationship together. And so that has worked with your women friends, and you kind of want the same thing, plus all the other things that you have in that uh, romantic relationship. Um, and I think for many men, it's simply not what they're used to doing with friends to create a sense of, of connection. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is our culture that we live in now, that most of us do want our partner to be a kind of uh, soulmate and uh, not just this arrangement, one person does this job, the other does the other. All right, all right. Soulmate versus cellmate. When we come back, let's just stay uh, with us here. We will got more to talk about. This is talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Have an enchanted evening at the Hawthorne Hotel's 2022 Masquerade Ball, Chapter and Verse. As the name suggests, this year's ball is inspired by the great masters of the written word and promises to be an evening of decadence, elegance, and style. Enjoy live entertainment, a DJ, complimentary photo station, light hors d'oeuvres, and a cash bar. Be sure you dress to impress as you might find yourself winning the costume contest. Certainly a story for the ages. See the hotel transform into an immersive literary experience that you will be talking about all year. Come for the ball or stay for 
for the night at the historic Hawthorne Hotel. Ticket and room packages start at just $295. Tickets to the ball are $85 per person and include one complimentary alcoholic beverage. Make your reservations at HawthorneHotel.com. Ladies, are you tired of looking tired, noticing fine lines and stubborn wrinkles that won't go away? The professional team at Jolie Medical Spa in Marshfield offers Botox, fillers, all therapy, skin lifting and tightening, hydrofacials, IV hydration, and more. The warm and caring manner at Jolie Medical Spa will make you feel like you're coming in for a cup of coffee, but instead, you'll leave with a relaxed look on your face. Located conveniently at 435 Furnace Street in Marshfield, call them today at 781-248-5769 or visit them at www.joliemedspa.com to schedule your free consultation and know you are in the best of hands. Just wait for your friends to ask where you went on vacation because you know they will. Plan a wonderful evening in Boston's North End, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make your reservation online at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant, yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. The best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112. That's 617-523-3112. Or visit terramiaristorante.com. for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. And we are back and I'm speaking with Deborah Tan and we are discussing her book, You Just Don't Understand. Deborah, I'd like to know why men don't ask for directions. <laughs> it is the most annoying thing. I, I have to tell you, it drives me nuts. It's like, just pull over and ask someone, why are you driving around for 20 minutes not knowing where you're going when all you got to do is ask someone? Um, there's got- I love that, yeah. You know, when I put that in the book, you just didn't understand, no one had talked about it. And suddenly that was the thing everybody wanted to talk about. Um, I, For me, and the reason I used it as an example in the book, uh, it captured this idea that was kind of a, uh, goes for a lot of the differences we find. Anytime two people talk, there are two aspects to it. One is, is this hierarchical? Is this um, putting one of us in a one-up or a one-down position? And also, is it bringing us closer or pushing us farther apart? And typically, obviously, nothing is true of all women or men. We have all these other cultural influences, too. But typically, the guy will focus on, is this putting me in a one-up or a one-down position? So asking directions 
puts your 101 down for this ah. Women tend to focus on the, is it bringing us closer or pushing us farther apart? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you make a fleeting connection to a stranger. You get where you're going. You really haven't lost anything. <laughs> um, and it's funny. Many guys have said to me, oh, that's not true. Uh, if you ask somebody, they're going to tell you the wrong thing. And that often happens. I've had it happen to me. But women are less likely to think of that because if you didn't know, you'll say, I don't know. But often a guy who doesn't know doesn't want to admit he doesn't know because oh. that puts him in the one down position. Oh, my gosh. So might, uh, oh, my gosh. And there's cultural differences, too, there. Mm-hmm. So how about in conversation? How do you actually know what someone's intentions are? Is there, there a formula? You know, that's such a good question, and maybe it's the bottom line of all right. my work yeah. on conversation. We think we know what people's intentions are. If they have a similar, what I call, conversational style, we'll assume, well, you mean what I would mean if I talked in that way at that time in this context. Uh, and you'd probably be right if their conversational style is similar, but you might be very wrong if the conversational style is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, just a, I guess, a quick, quick uh, example of that, um, a woman who uh, comes uh, gets a call from her husband saying, you know, it, it, um, say it's Friday night, oh, I got a call from a friend of mine from uh, high school. He's in town. I'm going to have dinner with him. Uh, and she might feel, gee, you know, you shouldn't just lay that on me. Why don't you ask, maybe I had plans for tonight. And he says, gee, I can't tell my friend I want to ask my wife for permission. <laughs> well, is asking someone, uh, is it okay if I do this? Is it, uh, if you think that it's asking for permission, that's how you're going to hear it. <sighs> if you think that it's just building on your connection, that's how you're going to hear it. Um, and there are so many cultural differences um, in this, too. I mean, a very obvious one, something we haven't talked about, but is really important, um, how direct or indirect you tend to be. Oh. Um, oh. And this is one of the things I actually started with, and this was a comparison of Greek and American style. Um, for many Greeks, if somebody asked you, and this could be a, a wife, um, uh, a partner, uh, John's having a party. Do you want to go? That will mean she wants to go. And what about and if he so just says... He'll answer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if he wants to be nice, okay. <laughs> and she might think, gee, I didn't look for an okay. I look, was looking for I want yeah, to. Yeah, that'd be great. Want to. <laughs> yeah. So she'll say, uh, you sure you want to go? And he might say, why don't you make up your mind? And I tested this with Americans and Greeks. And because you were married, many, you were married to a Greek guy, yes, and you lived in Greece, yes, right? Yes, yes, my first husband, many, many years. Oh ago. my goodness! Okay. Um, and we had conversations like this, uh, and I tested it with other Americans and Greeks, and yeah, most of the Greeks said if she was happy with the decision, she wouldn't bring it up again. Uh, and so she's bringing it up. She probably. Wasn't happy with that decision, and most uh, Americans said, "Well, she asked if uh, what he thought. She didn't say what she wanted." So this, and there are endless examples of this kind of uh, indirectness. We think we know what people are implying, yeah, uh, but it could be not what they're implying. And so you, this is a long answer to your question: How do you know 
other people's intentions. And I would say that if you're not getting a response that makes sense to you, you could step back and think, is there a different conversational style here? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where I think, um, you know, reading my books would be one way or just um, uh, maybe reading other uh, styles, uh, books about conversational style in general, um, cultural differences in general. Mm-hmm. So you know the kinds of things that might be causing problems. Right. Um, well, one it, thing it, is that the, a lot of, there's a breakdown with a lot of couples with regards to caring versus criticizing, you know, almost like, oh, yeah. right? I mean, how do you almost know the difference? I mean, sometimes with anybody, you know, I mean, I sometimes I'll say, is she criti- with a friend, is she criticizing me or is she does she really care you know and I, you never really I guess, I guess we really never ever really know uh, you know it's like you have to and this is a friend not a partner you know um, that's a huge one and it, and it comes up in every kind of relationship it does because, because sometimes often, you know I mean yeah. you have to you know because we're all human too you know and um, you know just because you're friends with someone doesn't mean you don't have sometimes have jealousy um you know or or, um you know i mean there's lots of things that that make someone not be have necessarily the most you know you want to think that everybody that you're connected to and that you have a close bond with always cares 100 percent. but that's just not life i mean that's just not real um but this um the issue of criticizing became most important in the book I wrote about mothers and daughters. Oh, yeah. And it's called, You're Wearing That. <laughs> uh, and an example from my own mother who asked me, do you like your hair that long? <laughs> no, I'm just wearing <laughs> it I, that, I'm just wearing it that long because. Yeah, and I was laughing and, and you know, I said, I'm writing this book and the most, the biggest complaint I heard from daughters was my mother's critical. Mm, and right. the biggest complaint I heard from mothers was, I can't open my mouth. She takes everything as criticism. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Was my mother criticizing me about my hair? Mm. She really didn't think she was. But she actually thought my hair was too long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And caring and criticizing really is uh, often created by the same words. Right. So if if somebody is giving you advice and making a suggestion, and mothers do, uh, they want the best for their daughters. They want to make sure everything goes right for her. Maybe. So not always. Not always. Well, not always. Absolutely not always. But if they do, <laughs> they might think see ways she can improve. Well, right, right, right. Any suggestion for improvement is criticism. Right. Because if you weren't doing something wrong, you wouldn't need a suggestion <laughs> or advice. Uh, and, and absolutely every relationship, an example of be, between, very quick example between partners, uh, where they're in a restaurant, and he said, see, I think I'll have a steak. And she said, um, oh, uh, did you see they have salmon? Do you like salmon? <laughs> and he said, will you please stop criticizing what I eat? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, to I me, I don't know. When people get into yeah. those kinds of conversations, I, I'm right. not so sure that, um, see, to me, to me, when you're getting into that kind of a conversation with your partner, I don't know, maybe I'm just being cynical, but that seems to me there's something more of an underlying problem going on than, than you know, a difference in conversational styles or men versus women. I mean, it starts... Well, of course, nothing, yeah, no, you can't say everything is uh, men versus women or any kind of 
Well, different. Sometimes people don't have good intentions. Well, or there's something going on in the relate underneath it all. There's something going on in the relationship. We do need to take another short break. But um, when we come back, and by the way, Kevin, is this our final break? It is. Okay. Um, Do you think that the way women interact with their fathers affect the way they interact with their partner? I say yes, but I don't know. I'll wait till we come back and hear your answer. So, listeners, don't go anywhere. This is This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at the Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at the Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com. A whole new house is a lot right now. Redesigning your current home could be just what you're looking for. Consult with interior designer Grace Beltrame. If you're just moving in or would like to get the most out of where you've been, Grace Beltrame can make any house a home or your current home even homier. Find the best color scheme for any room. Bring out the brilliance every room was meant for with a lighting and floor plan. Grace Beltrame is also a professional organizer. Find out what you've been missing in the kitchen and make your closet space pop with organizational elegance. You know those shows where someone rehabilitates a home they just bought? Your project is just an after picture waiting to happen. It doesn't have to belong to anybody but you. Call Grace Beltrame today at 508-493-8604. 508-493-8604 and bring out the beauty in your home. Who doesn't go to the hair salon to liven up their looks? Though sometimes you look worse on the way out than you did walking in. You can expect something different at Hair Design Fationa. With a super modern feel that can hardly be mistaken for suburban, a full service hair salon, they offer cuts, color, highlighting, and formal design. Fationa is originally from Europe where she owned her own salon. With an impressive following, she won't disappoint. I know because I can tell you from my own experience, I felt transformed and you will too. So if you're looking to turn a few heads, call Fationa today at 781-964-3770. Conveniently located at 834 Washington Street in Braintree or visit her on Facebook. That number again is 781-964-3770. Call today, you'll be thrilled. I know you will. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. On 95.9 WATD. And we are back, and I'm speaking with Deborah Tannen. We are discussing her book, You Just Don't Understand. So before the break, Deborah, I asked you, do you think that women, the way women interact with their fathers affects how they interact with their partner? As many women feel that their fathers don't talk to them enough, that the father isn't there, he often hands off the communication to the mother. There is both a father and a mother. Uh, And mothers become communication central, uh, who are the ones who will say, oh, this is how your father feels about that, or your father wants to know something. Um, It's interesting that you ask me, because my most recent book is about my father. Right. Uh, And in many ways, my experience with him was similar. 
uh, I would call wanting to talk to him, and he would immediately say, I'll, tell, I'll get your mother. She'll be so happy to know it's you. And next thing I know, he isn't even on the line anymore. <laughs> but um, my father actually was a, a talker in a way that many fathers are not. Uh, and especially he wanted to talk about his past. Uh, he was born in Poland and came to the United States as a young child while he was 12 uh, and had very vivid memories of his childhood and talked about it really almost obsessively when he was old. He lived to be quite old. Um, and and I loved it because I got to learn about him and have those conversations. So but that is that is not the most typical um, experience of, of women and fathers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's interesting that um, I, I think it's not particularly uncommon that, <clears throat> like, for example, you know, women who um, keep finding cheaters, it turns out their father was a cheater, you know, or, um, you know, if their father was a, a loving guy, they tend to choose more loving men. You know, I really... You know, something interesting. Someone once told me, that um, psychologists did a study and found actually people tended to marry partners like their mothers. And it was a, both women and men <laughs> tended to marry partners like their mothers, which would be true if it was same-sex or other sex relationships. Huh, that's um, interesting. But, yeah, but the experience of, of men not, not talking enough and feeling that they're too silent uh, is, is really pretty common. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I have heard about because talk is my area of expertise um i guess the other things you're talking about may be true but it's not something i've studied you know in terms of um, men and women communicating i think sometimes that uh, um, a lot of people are hesitant to bring up a misunderstanding we just let them go and or we say we let them go but then fester and i mean again that is not just um you know with um a couple that can be with friendships as well but um you know, I, I think the problem with that is that um, then it it can really, uh, these misunderstandings can really produce deep wounds in relationships and, and keep people from the happiness that's actually really within their reach. And I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Um, no, I think it's absolutely true that often our frustrations are misunderstandings and we don't realize it. You know, we think we know the other person's intentions, but we're misjudging it. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people tell me that they have happier relationships when they stop expecting uh, somebody of the other gender to talk in ways that they would expect of a friend of the same gender. And so we were talking about... Hence the conversation I had been, just had brought up a few minutes ago about yeah. this woman who had fixed yeah. me up with this guy and it was just like and no i, I yeah <laughs> I, I would expect so more I think, so you know there might be people women who feel and again i always want to say not nothing is all women and all men but it, you know it could in many cases it might be the woman who wants to talk at the end of the day about everything that happened he really isn't interested in that uh you could find a way where he does listen more because he knows why it's important to you. But it could be that you, okay, I'm not going to get that from him. I'm going to get that from my women friends. So I think there are different ways of, um, of, of compromising and living with this. But the really important thing 
in my mind and what I found in my research, too, is to realize that often these differences are not individual failure, something wrong with you, something wrong with me, something wrong with our relationship, but it could be these, these patterns, these styles that are either typical of uh, women and men, typical of people of a certain part of the country, a uh, certain cultural background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think this is a totally going off on a completely different uh, tangent here for a second, but I do just want to mention that, you know, we've had this pandemic and um, for quite some time. And do you think it's changed the way couples communicate? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that for those who are living together mm-hmm. and because of the pandemic ended up living, being together far more often than for more time than they otherwise would. Uh, I think some of the frustrations are exaggerated rather than we learn to live with it because everybody's frustrated and you kind of look at the person who's right in front of you and think maybe they're the reason you're frustrated. (laughs) Um, Distracting yourself from really what it is. And as you know, the um, really tragic side of it that domestic violence has yes, tremendously. Yes, I did a show on uh, that actually yeah. back, well, it's been quite a while now, probably over a year ago the, with the, the woman who runs the Jeannie Geiger Center in Newburyport, and we talked quite a bit about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think during the pandemic, I think that, you know, people either really got together in a big way or they, they split, you know, it was kind of, kind of one or the other it was just such a a difficult time um we're just wrapping things up now deborah and i'm just um wanting to know is there um anything that i haven't asked you oh uh there are quite a lot of conversational style differences we could have talked about we didn't hit on yep um but i think the overall point is simply realizing that uh often what you think somebody meant might not be what they meant. It's just why I called the book. That's not what I meant. Um, and just realizing what kinds of things could be different. Um, so we talked a little bit about timing. We could talk a lot more about indirectness, about topics of talk, about what creates closeness, um, what you tell stories about, what you tell jokes about, how you get to the main point. There's all these differences that I write about in uh, the various books and just realizing that it could be a way of talking and not the person's personality, intentions, abilities. I think that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And then based on maybe what you've read or just what you've experienced, what the person has told you, uh, you could think maybe something else is going on. Uh, are men um, or women more sensitive? I'm just curious. Oh, I love that question. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're both sensitive, but we tend to be sensitive to different things. And, um, and show and, it differently yeah. as well, right? Yeah. But right? I think many women are very sensitive to um, any sign you're being pushed away uh, or locked out. Mm. We've talked forever about that, oh. that uh, girls right. punish other girls by locking them out. You know, oh, you know, women you can, can be so clicky. Yeah, yeah. Boys tend to be more attuned to uh, any feeling they're being put down or pushed around. Right. Uh, because that's how boys punish the boys they don't like. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we're both sensitive, but we're sensitive to different things. And, and different ways of, of dealing with our 
our sensitivities. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. yeah. Is there a time for last one really quick question? Do we have time, Kevin? We have <laughs> really about a minute. Example? Yeah, we have about a minute. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, uh, that this difference of focusing on who's up, who's down versus close or distant. I was walking along the college campus with a female colleague, uh, one of the older guy colleagues came around, came up, uh, and he was wearing, it was kind of a crisp fall day, and she said to him, gee, where's your coat? And he said, thanks, Mom. <laughs> now, <laughs> she was just trying to be friendly, make a connection, and he replied, and he responded in terms of, that kind of felt the way a mother talks to a kid. Oh, I suppose if he had uh, a mommy issue. There. Yeah, well, then there's a whole, now we could do another whole show on, on Mama's Boys. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah Tannen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us tonight and talk with Francesca. I really, really have enjoyed it. Thank you so much for inviting me on. All right, we've got to wrap things up and say good night. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you missed part of the show, you can check out my iTunes page tomorrow and listen there. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Come on.